does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. 30 minutes down, 120 minutes to go on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Eddie Garrison filling in for the coach, Bob Lovell. Casey Vallier of the Indianapolis Colts joins us next. But first, four good minutes from Sam Fritz with this top of the hour Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates. All right, we will get back to baseball in a second. But folks, Colts training camp, another one in the books today. It was moved indoors due to thunderstorms that swept through Indiana early in the morning. But despite the thousands of fans that did not get to attend, 750 fans were still allowed to attend the indoor practice. Those were those who did those who were there were lucky enough to see the Colts' fourth overall draft pick. Quarterback Anthony Richardson take first team reps all day today. Former Philadelphia Eagle Gardner Minshew, who the team signed this past offseason, worked with the second unit. Head coach Shane Steichen had media availability after the practice, and he gave a comment on what it looked like seeing Anthony Anthony Richardson take first team reps. I thought he did a really nice job. You know, the thing that we were looking for, you know, obviously he was stacking the days in spring and then you get that time off in the summertime. We didn't want him to take a step back and I don't think he has done that at all. I think he's continued to improve and grow and, you know, we got to keep doing that. Speaking more on being able to improve and grow, Steichen gave his comment on how Richardson looked making plays with the first team today. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, when you got a guy like Anthony that can get out of the pocket and make those plays, you know, big plays come off scramble plays, and that's something we talk about in the meeting rooms. We work it in practice and walkthroughs, and then when it comes up like it came up today to create that big explosive play to Alec was good to see. And, of course, final thing about Richardson here, Steichen touched on the importance of him getting reps against elite defenders such as Kenny Moore. Yeah, I mean, when you got an elite player like Kenny Moore, um, it obviously helps. When you Iron sharpens iron, right? You're, when you got good on good, it's all going to make us better, right? So when the games come on Sunday, it's all going to help us. And Kenny's a tremendous player. Uh, very fortunate to have him on. Now, of course, Richardson wasn't the only noteworthy player active at training camp today. Shaquille Leonard has been very active. Steichen had a comment on that. I mean, I'm so excited for him to be back. Just the energy he brings. I mean, you can feel it at practice. You know, a veteran leader like that who's a high-profile player and just having him back on the field. I mean, I'm so happy for him. You know, what he's went through. I I remember walking through in the spring. He was in there at 5 a.m. grinding, getting his body right every single day. And for, for him to do what he's doing right now back on this field is really awesome to see. Although Leonard has been active in training camp so far, there still is no set timetable for his return. Today was also supposed to be the Kids Day, presented by Riley's Children's Health for the Colts training camp. That has now been rescheduled to July 31st. Fans who had a ticket to today's training camp must claim a new one for the 31st at colts.com backslash camp. Indianapolis will have another practice tomorrow. It'll be a night practice, which is already sold out to the general public. As well, the Colts made a couple of roster moves. They signed cornerback Isaac Taylor Stewart, who was last seen with the Dallas Cowboys in the 2022 season, and they waived a cornerback in Cole Coleman, who they signed back in May as an undrafted free agent. Now, getting back to some baseball scores. Let me hit refresh real quick. Oh no, I clicked on the wrong link. Everything is going wrong. This is embarrassing. Okay. Yankees and Orioles are in the bottom of the second. It is 0-2-0 there. Phillies and Pirates also still in the bottom of the second. 
2-1, still in favor of the Philadelphia Phillies. The Toronto Blue Jays and Angels wrapped up their game. The Blue Jays were victorious 4-1. The New York Mets and the Washington Nationals also have concluded with the Mets winning 5-1 as well. Chicago White Sox wrapped up much earlier than both of those games. They beat the Cleveland Guardians 3-0 have moved on to the bottom of the 7th, and the Braves have extended their lead 8-4 to over the Brewers. Kansas City Royals have taken the lead back from the Minnesota Twins. Top of the 7th, the Royals now lead 3-2. to The Tampa Bay Rays and Houston Astros are still tied 3-3 to in the top of the 7th. The Chicago Cubs have managed to take the lead away from the St. Louis Cardinals. Top of the 7th there as well. The Cubs now lead 3-2 to in Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Oakland Athletics still have a 5-1 lead in the top of the 5th, but the Rockies are finally on the board. They're up 5-1. to Seattle Mariners had a stacked top of the 1st. They put up four runs over the Arizona Diamondbacks, even though they're away in Arizona. 4 to nothing at the end of the 1st there. Rangers and Pod Padres have finally gotten underway. 0-0, top of the first. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz. Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Eddie Garrison filling in for the coach Bob Level this evening. He will be back not too long. We've got about three more shows until Coach Level makes his return for season number 30. You can follow me on Twitter at Eddie Garrison underscore. You can follow our next guest on Twitter at C Valier Colts. That is C V A L L I E R Colts. He is the radio coordinator and in game studio host for the Indianapolis Colts Radio Network. He's Casey Valier. He joins us now. Casey, how's it going? Good, Eddie. How are you, buddy? Doing well. How's it going out there so far at training camp in Westfield? Oh, I mean, it's uh, it's been one of those where we had our first indoor practice today, which was tough because, you know, the last couple of years we've we've been kind of lucky with uh, a lot of the weather has stayed away. But to this point, everything's been good. Yeah, and I felt bad for those fans because this was a sold-out practice. I felt bad for the fans who couldn't come in attendance because they had to move it inside. But nonetheless, the Colts do what they do, and they reschedule Kids Day with uh, Riley Children help. So that's all good on that front. Yeah, exactly. That is the hardest part because, you know, you get excited for these training camp practices because the fans get the opportunity to be up close and personal and see all these guys. And as you mentioned, I mean, today was supposed to be sold out. Tomorrow was sold out. So you're expecting large crowds. Those are the days you don't want to see the weather come into play. But you know what? It was still a packed house inside for the amount of fans that were allowed to be in there. And they all got a good show. Yeah, they certainly did. Casey Valley of the Colts, Anthony Richardson with his first real Highlight of training camp, he had what's like a 50 to 60 yard touchdown pass to Alec Pierce, and it sounded like the roof was about to come off that place. You know, it's one of those throws where I, I happen to be literally probably a good 15 feet from AR when he was when he was making the throw. And honestly, the way it looked, I mean, it looked like he was just throwing it away. I mean, he just flicked it with his wrist, and all of a sudden I was like, that ball's traveling 50, 60 <laughs> yards. And it was, a, I mean, right in the breadbasket for Alec Pierce. It was a throw that I, I don't think many people can can do. I mean, if you think about it, you know, he's a right-handed quarterback, so his plant foot is his right leg, and it was actually in the air when he made the throw with his left foot down and just flicked his wrist, and he threw it 60 yards. Pretty incredible. It's one of those traits, and Aaron Rodgers, I think, comes to mind immediately that you look at some of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, it's like, that's one of those traits. It's like, you just can't teach that. Like, it's something that's not coachable. You get outside the pocket and they just be able to flick it down the field 60 yards like he did. <laughs> it's just unreal. Casey Vallier of the Indianapolis Colts Radio Network joins us. Before we start actually diving into, like, all the practices that have happened so far, I want to backtrack 
uh, to Tuesday on Report Day. Chris Ballard spoke to the media. What were your big takeaways uh, from what the Colts student manager had to say? Well, my, my biggest takeaway, I think, was the, the bill of health that this team got. You weren't really sure, especially from an offensive playmaking ability what you were going to see because there were so many guys that were limited or did not participate in OTAs you know guys like Michael Pittman Jelani Woods Drew Ogletree all of these guys that are going to contribute they were all out there and and they are practicing and that is one thing that we really like to see Shaq Leonard not being on pup and then we come out there and practice as they said he's going to be limited he came out there and he's taking first team reps and he looks really really good um, so those were right the you know, the biggest takeaways really, and, and one of those things where I think everybody seems to be on the same page with what they're doing at the quarterback position, you know, whether you go with Gardner Minshew, Anthony Richardson, I think everybody seems to kind of be in the same page where, you know what, we don't know what we have because nobody's put on pads yet. We haven't seen them taking these reps. So it's, it's, it's a learning process, and that's kind of the biggest takeaways you got the, the Jonathan Taylor stuff that's going on, but, you know, that's just one of the things that you're just seeing in the NFL landscape right now. So mainly my big takeaways were those kind of handful of things that Chris talked about. we got about 90 seconds here, so I want to wrap up this segment with a little bit of a fun question. We talked to Matt Taylor last Saturday, and I didn't reveal it on the show, but he was going to the drive-in to go watch Barbie with his kids. Um, <laughs> prior to the start of training camp, were you able to get to the movie theater to see Barbie with the kids or – uh, did you get a night out and get to see Oppenheimer? Uh, I did not. I've not seen either of those, but we did take the kids to the drive-in to see Elemental, the Disney movie. Oh. So we went, you know, definitely more of the PG route, but Elemental, very good movie. I recommend it if you're going out there to see something. I am, unfortunately, probably don't have the reasoning to go out and see Elemental, unfortunately. <laughs> I understand. Um, just quickly here, Casey, what are some of the other off-season stuff that you got to do this during the, the, during the downtime? Yeah, so we, we do a family trip to Florida every year. We did that, and we've spent a lot of time at the pool. i got three three young kids that are essentially fish, so the pool is always a win for that. So we took a trip to Florida in the pool, and that's about it. Did you get sunburned? I hope you applied and reapplied. Oh, fried. I mean, I am about as pale skin as it comes, so I can apply, reapply, and do all that, and I still find a way to get red. So, so if somebody me. went to your Twitter profile or your X profile, looked at your headshot, are you still that white, or you, did you get a little sun and you're a little tan now? <laughs> Maybe just a little bit, but it's still pretty close. That's Casey Valle. He'll come back after the scoreboard update from San Francisco. We'll talk more Colts on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, let's give you all the scores of games currently ongoing. Yankees and Orioles still scoreless in the bottom of the third, 0-2-0. Phillies and Pirates have moved on to the top of the ninth. Phillies are leading in at PNC Park in Pittsburgh 2-1. to Also ongoing, the Milwaukee Brewers and the Atlanta Braves are still on the diamond. Bottom of the seventh, the Braves are racking up more runs. 10-4 in favor of Atlanta. There, three players with home runs. Austin Riley, Matt Olson, and Marcel Ozuna all have a home run for the Braves tonight. The Kansas City Royals still lead over the Minnesota Twins in the bottom of the seventh, 3-2 in that game. The seventh inning just wrapped up for the Tampa Bay Rays and the Houston Astros tied 3-2-3. Chicago 
Chicago Cubs are still holding their lead over the St. Louis Cardinals 3-2 in the bottom of the seventh at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Ian Happ, left fielder for the Cubs, has the batter's eye today. Gotten on base twice with two walks. Patrick Wisdom has the power with one home run and one RBI. The Oakland Athletics have responded with a couple more runs of their own. They lead 7-1 to over the Colorado Rockies in the bottom of the fifth. The Seattle Mariners still lead over the Arizona Diamondbacks 4-0 in the bottom of the second. Rangers and Padres just wrapped up the first inning. The Padres are winning 1-0 at home in San Diego. And the Cincinnati Reds are on the board early 1-0 over the Los Angeles Dodgers. That game just getting underway. Reds, Red Sox and San Francisco Giants getting started in just a minute for Never Getting Into Sports. I'm Sam Fritz. And just like that, Sam Fritz, it's 3-0 Reds. Jake Frilly, two-run home run off the, I call it the fair pole. Some people call it the foul pole. Casey Vallier of the Indianapolis Colts Radio Network rejoins us. And now let's dive into training camp, two practices in. What's the big overall evaluation so far of the, not the roster, but just what you've seen with your own two eyes? So I think really the, 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 the big strides we have seen on the offensive side of the ball during OTAs, it was a pretty overwhelming, I would say, that the defense was ahead of the offense, which is to be expected. Gus Bradley returns for his second year. A lot of the defensive guys return in that system. And on the offensive side of the ball, there's a lot of new pieces, brand new offense with Shane Steichen. They go away for the summertime here for the Colts. They return. And I think the offense definitely, they studied. And, you know, you know, some of the skill guys, they worked together a couple of the days while they were out in Miami. So I think all of that, you have seen that to this point. There has been plenty of wins by the defense, but also plenty of wins by the offense, which is a good sight to see. Um, and then I, I, you have to talk about Shaq Leonard. I mean, the guy is out there. He looks fast. He looks uh, – from just a like his physical the way he looks he looks different than he has in a couple of years and he looks the part of everything that you expect from Shaq Leonard he's out there pumping the crowd up so those are really the big takeaways is kind of seeing where the offense has kind of taken a stride since we last talked about them in OTAs and then Shaq Leonard being out there and just being what the maniac always resembles and embodies Half the questions I think Shaq has already answered of him being out there on the field. A, that's step one. Step two of the questions that I think a lot of people were asking this offseason and leading up to training camp was, uh, is this Andrew Luck 2.0 where he's kind of fallen out of the love of the game? But then you hear him talk on report day on Tuesday talking about butterflies and still feeling uh, and getting happy and nervous all at the same time to return to football. So that right there answered the other question that I still have because he had talked about it before being in a dark place mentally and if he still loved the game of football. Yeah, no, he, he he brought that exact up that, you know, at the end of the day, football for him was kind of his saving grace. It was the time where you get between the, the white lines and everything else that is a problem in, in the world just kind of goes away. And he, he talked about that. He goes, you take that away. He goes, and then there's a lot of things that just weigh on you. So I do think that there is there, you know, he's been very vocal about mental health and how, you know, it's okay to say you're not okay. It's, it's all right to have these thoughts and everything and, you know, be aware of your feelings from a, from a mental capacity. And that's one of the things that I think he really took to heart during the time where he wasn't able to be out on the field is that he realized how much the game of football really does mean in his life 
and that's why he's working his butt off to get out there. And I think you're really seeing that to this point, a very different Shaq Leonard. It's almost Shaq Leonard 2.0. Not that he was immature before, but a much more mature when it comes to the answers and thoughtful responses for sure to this point. I know he's the easy answer for this next question, Casey. You can follow him on Twitter at Coulter. X or whatever the new app is called. Whatever that thing is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Casey's the radio coordinator and in-game studio host for the Indianapolis Colts, and you'll catch him, I believe, first two or no, the first preseason game as the host of the fifth quarter huddle. uh, You are correct. correct. Me and Bill Brooks. Yeah, I'll be in that studio with you as well during the preseason. So that'll be fun to catch up with you guys once again. I want to stay on the defense um, because there's a lot of players that have to prove something this year um and Shaq Leonard is probably at the top of that list but removing him out of the equation who is the one player on the defensive side of the football that has to prove the most this season that's a great question because I got asked that question this week and I was back and forth between two players so I'm going to give them both to you with one I think is a little bit more on that I think Julian Blackman has it's a huge opportunity for him both the guys I'm going to mention it's contract years Julian Blackman moving to the strong safety spot when he's healthy Julian Blackman he is someone who you know is around the football he's on the when he's on the field it's something that offenses have to really take you know full attention to where he is at on the field. And then I think the other guy is Kenny Moore. I mean, Kenny Moore, he had, you know, what I think he would admit to was a down year last year. It's a contract year for him, too. He wants to be here long term. He talked about that the other day. So I think those two guys are key to helping this youth secondary kind of make that step when you've got a couple guys who have been there and proven it they've got huge opportunities this year for the Colts where does uh, Quiddy Pay rank on that list Oh, Quiddy, he's definitely up there too I think uh, I think one of the things about Quiddy is that when Quiddy is healthy He's one of those guys that maybe to this point in his career, he doesn't have the sack numbers that you want out of a first-round defensive end. But he does a lot of things on the football field in the run game that really prove his importance. So I think if you see a healthy Quiddy Pay for 17 games, Quiddy Pay's number is going to be just fine, that you don't have to really worry about the production from Quiddy Pay. And it also doesn't hurt having guys like Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner, Dio Adangbo took a lot of big steps. They also signed Samson Abacom, who's going to be able to kind of make that whole defensive line unit just really rock steady. But Quiddy Pay, if he's healthy, he's going to have a productive year. Endgame studio host for the Indianapolis Colts Radio Network and radio coordinator Casey Vallier joins us on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Eddie Garrison filling in for the Coach Bob Level. Now transitioning over to the other side of the line of scrimmage, looking at the offense. It's well documented by now, at least through two practices. Jonathan Taylor not out there. So what's been the rotation like as RB1 without Jonathan Taylor out there right now? Yeah, so Zach Moss has taken all the first team reps, but then you've got, you know, you got Deion Jackson out there getting a handful of shares. You know, you got the, the the rookie out of Northwestern and Hull, he's out there doing stuff, but also Jake Funk made a couple plays today. So it, it you know, it's one of those things that you know, everybody's waiting for when Jonathan Taylor returns, you know what Jonathan Taylor is, but it's also very important for these other guys because you don't have Naheem Hines on this team that you can just pencil in as the number two. This year, you know, Zach Moss is probably that guy, but it's also very important for guys like Deion Jackson, who's had some success in the league, but guys like that to really – 
show their worth. And this is great reps for them because they're getting to work with both Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew, and they're getting those meaningful times right now where they can really kind of show their stuff. I know you can't partake in betting as a an employee of the National Football League. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook released some lines on some players, um, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. So this just kind of sparked my mind earlier this week when I was on the Fan Midday Show on our flagship 93.5-107.5 The Fan and started to predict statistics for some key Colts players. If I had to ask you to predict statistics for Anthony Richardson, uh, where would you put him at? Passing yardage-wise, touchdowns, interceptions. Oh, man, that is tough. I'm thinking, you know, passing yard-wise, he's probably in that, you know, high 2000s, maybe into 3000s, because I don't think he's going to be asked to do a whole bunch. And you aren't necessarily sure how when he's going to be on the field. Um, so that's a tough one. I would say, you know, like you said, I'm not a betting man. Let's go over under at 2750 passing yards. Um, I would say touchdowns probably anywhere from 12 to 17 and probably interceptions probably right along the same. Uh, you know, 10 to 15 is probably where I would go. And then rushing yards. You know, you don't want to run in too much, but you also got to utilize that. So maybe five to six hundred rushing yards and four or five touchdowns. That's just that's what me be spitballing right now, having no knowledge of any of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I said whatever his touchdown to interception ratio is, I'm just going to say it's one to one. So however many touchdowns he throws right. is how many interceptions he throws. That's just pretty much how most standard uh, nowadays for rookie quarterbacks. All right, we have less than a minute here, and I want to get your quick thoughts on this. What would be a realistic number for you to set for Anthony Richardson rush attempts? Because I think that's a that's a number to be careful, careful with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd like to. I'd like you know, in year one, I know you're going to utilize. You know, kind of sh- make the playbook a little smaller, so you have probably a little bit more of the flexibility to to run a little bit on design plays. So probably you probably want to stay under like a hundred. Um, but I would say probably anywhere between 85 and 120. I think that's probably right around where he's going to be, but I could be way off on that too. Yep. Uh, that would put him about six to eight rush attempts per game. If you kept them under a hundred Casey, okay. appreciate yeah, the time, like my man. I'll catch up with you soon. Of course, Eddie. Thanks. Anytime, buddy. That's Casey Vallier, in-game studio host and radio coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. Coming up next, James Boyd of The Athletic. We'll talk about the Jonathan Taylor situation with his agent and Jim Mercy. But first, a scoreboard update with Sam Fritz on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
All right, let's give you a full rundown of Major League Baseball scores ongoing. The Detroit Tigers fell to the Miami Marlins in Florida earlier today, 6-5 to five in favor of the Marlins there. Still scoreless in the Yankees and Orioles game that was delayed. It was supposed to get underway around 7 o'clock. Ended up, the first pitch was thrown at 9.35, so that game is only in the bottom of the fourth, 0-0 zero zero there. The Phillies and the Pirates have finally entered the final column. The Philadelphia Phillies were one. Two to one in that game. Kyle Schwarber was an offensive menace. Only recorded two at bats, one home run. He was walked three times with a total of two RBIs and two hits on the day. Zach Wheeler, starting pitcher for the Phillies, went six and two thirds inning, recorded a total of eleven strikeouts. The Toronto Blue Jays beat the Los Angeles Angels earlier 4-1. to The New York Mets also beat the Washington Nationals 5-1. to Chicago White Sox blanked the Cleveland Guardians 3-0. to White Sox, Jake Berger, the third baseman, had quite the stat line. Three at-bats, one run, one hit, one walk, one RBI, and one home run to top it all off. The Atlanta Braves and Milwaukee Brewers are still going, and the Brewers are fighting back. They've recorded three runs in the top of the eighth, making it a ball game, 10-7. Seven, still in favor of the Braves right now in the middle of the eighth. Kansas City Royals still lead over the Minnesota Twins, 3-2 to two in the middle of the eighth there. And Rays and Astros still tied 3-3, bottom of the eighth. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz. We're rolling on a Friday night on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Eddie Garrison. You can follow me on Twitter or X, or The X, or whatever it is we're calling it, at Eddie Garrison underscore our next guest. He has been on regularly when I've sat in this chair, and I appreciate him dearly for it. He is at Romeoville Kid on Twitter, slash X, slash The X. He's James Boyd. James, I'm sorry for interrupting your Game of Thrones time. It is all good, and it's funny you brought up X, because I just updated my phone and the apps on it, and now Twitter has officially been changed to X. Wait, so here we are. It's an X icon now? It's an X icon, and the title of it is literally X. So, yeah, we're in, we're in the future, man. So in the future. I must be in the dinosaur ages because I still have the, the the bird and Twitter. Never changed, man. It was great times on Twitter until, you know, you know who changed things around. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I want to dive into the Colts and training camp and the Jonathan T- Taylor situation first, but um, I was on my timeline. And I saw a tweet. Oh, here you go. (laughs) I saw a tweet from James Boyd asking for opinions on what he should get at the state fair. Someone replied in elephant ear, and he goes, eat what? You're telling me you had never heard of an elephant ear before? I'm actually not joking. I'm usually trolling, but that is 100% serious. I thought that, one, just I was thinking to myself, how does anybody eat elephant ear like is this a crime or what is going on in indiana and if it isn't a crime how tough is the skin how big is the ear so i had a lot of questions going on and i was definitely going to be hard passing on that until someone explained that it is actually a dessert so i'm yeah. cool with that yeah so okay what you need to do is you need to hit up the dairy barn you need to get a grilled cheese if you like grilled cheese and you need to get a milkshake because that is probably the the best spot to go that is what I've been hearing all over Twitter. That's probably been the main suggestion in my mention. So I will make that a move before the summer is over, and I'll give you my uh, my reaction to it for sure. And if you like Oreos, get deep-fried Oreos while you're there as well. Those are pretty good. That's what I go for half the time. Um, James Boyd at Romeo Volkid. He covers the Colts for The Athletic. He joins us on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. So the Jonathan Taylor situation just 
gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, what's your take on all this between the Jim Ursay tweet two nights ago uh, and then Jonathan Taylor's agent who has been very public with his feelings on the situation? Yeah, I don't think his agent is helping. I've been saying this all along that I don't think that Jim Ursay is wrong and the team is wrong to not extend him right now. We've talked about this a lot, Eddie. I don't think they really have a reason to extend him before next year. And then JT's not, you know, wrong for wanting to be extended, seeing how other players have been rewarded in the past. And so the big alarming thing beyond just all the nonsense on Twitter is revelation from ESPN's Stephen Holder, who talked to Jim Irsay, and Jim Irsay says, we haven't even offered the guy. That, to me, if I'm JT, is a sign of disrespect. Like, how can you – you didn't even lowball me. You just no-balled me, which is crazy. You gave me nothing, no ball at all to play with. So um, pretty crazy revelation from the owner. We'll most likely talk to him tomorrow night at camp and get more from him about the situation. But I think it uh, has really changed a lot. And it felt like even over the last few days, it went from, okay, they're not really you know, coming to an agreement to, oh, wow, they're really mad at each other. So I don't see a situation where this could resolve um, anytime soon. Do you think Jonathan Taylor on the field, the way he's been acting, uh, the pictures that have been circulating all over the X, um, have really, really shown his feelings about the situation? Is that because, A, he's not on the field practicing with his teammates, or B, is it solely over this contract situation? I'll say this. In regards to his injury, the ankle he never gave us a definitive return date. That's something that I always noticed about him and the talk of the injury ever since it happened. He had surgery in January. Every update since then has been, you know, I hope to be back by this point. I would like to be back by this point. You know, the goal is to be here, but he has never said that he would be back by this date. So um, from that perspective, I'm not in his body. I can't say whether he's 100% healthy or not, but in fairness to him, he never said he'd be back by training camp. Now on the flip side, I was there today. I watched him. I took a photo of him. You saw a short video of him. JT was very stoic, did not look like he was having a great time, hardly smiled. And you know JT has great teeth, um, great smile. So you would have seen it very easily. And he's kind of just there. And, And you can tell that it's the elephant in the room. And it feels, you know, palpable. The tension feels tangible. I see what you did there. You brought the elephant full circle um, there in your reply. Oh, gosh. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's James Boyd of The Athletic. He's on Twitter slash X at Romeo Field Kid. When you look at Anthony Richardson, today first practice with the ones, Gardner Minshew said on Wednesday, yeah, we're going to be splitting reps. So I fully expect Gardner Minshew to take those first team reps tomorrow. When you're balancing out the two, if you're Shane Steichen, how long can you afford to keep rotating these two in and out before you have to make a decision? Yeah, I think there will probably be more of a definitive decision after the joint practices and probably heading into them as well because you want to make sure you're getting those live reps with your main guy. And so for right now, he's sticking to the plan like he said all along, and he did say this week he's not rushing it, doesn't have a time on it, doesn't have a date for it. I mean, he could, but he's not going to tell us, right? But right. I think that uh, with – Gardner Minshew, he's been a little bit sharper, which is to be expected because he knows the offense. He's a veteran. Whether it was with the twos or the ones, he's been a sharper guy. Anthony Richardson had an incredible throw today to Alec Pierce, who made a probably even better catch. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, and people Twitter has been mad at me for it. 
The play itself that Anthony Richardson had, the long throw and the bomb throw on seven on seven, it was after the play was basically should have been blown dead. Like in a real game, in a joint practice, he's probably not getting that throw off because mm-hmm. it took so long for him to get the ball out of his hands. I mean, it was – I said 10 seconds. I probably was being a little bit, you know, hyperbolic. But realistically, oh, I know it was probably 7 to 10 seconds, my guy. 7 to 10 seconds. And I'm like, 7 to 10 seconds in the NFL, you're probably getting sacked if you're not scrambling and going upfield. And, again, it's hard to gauge it, but I thought it was a credible throw. But – there's a reason why the throw was clipped so he was to, to not show the entire play. Yeah, totally agree with you there. He's James Boyd of The Athletic. He covers the Colts there. That's where you can find his work. About two minutes here left uh, before we got to hit a break. I want to look at the two storylines that a lot of people penciled leading up to training camp. A, the tight end position. How is the competition looking there? Yeah, so you saw Jelani Woods getting some run with the ones, Drew Ogletree getting some run with the ones today. That's promising, and I think that it could be a sign of what's to come as far as this team trying to get into a fresh new era. And obviously, Jelani Woods and Drew Ogletree will fit that timeline more than a guy like Mo Ali Cox. And then Kylan Granson, I can't forget about him. He's been a guy who continues to show, um, you know, flash plays here and there. But I would say the tight end room is – really stacking up to be that competition that we anticipated minus Will Mallory, who's out with the foot injury. And then um, I think that that's something where we just have to stay in tune with it and see who kind of gels the most in this Shane Steichen offense. And then B, in terms of pre-training camp storylines, the cornerback room have yet to see Juju Brandt. So as Dallas or Dallas Flowers or Darnell Baker or any of those guys really flashed yet in Granted, it's only two practices so far. Yeah, so it's actually Daryl Baker. Um, you know, no, no problem. I just want to make sure the listeners know. Yeah, yeah my but I think Dallas Flowers um, flash pretty much every practice. He flashes. He has a lot of big plays. I know today he got burned on the Alec Pierce long touchdown throw, but again, it was a really long play. It kind of reminded me of like the, the play where Stephon Gilmore and Terry McLaurin, you know, kind of went up on that long yeah. play against uh, Washington Commanders. Where like. It was kind of a not a fluke play, but a weird one where like the defender is covering for so long Backyard that of course they're going to get open. Exactly, it was kind of like that, and so um, that's a, that's I guess a, a good uh, ref, frame of reference for like any listeners out there. But I think that Dallas Flowers talked to him after practice. He's very very high on himself, his confidence. I mean, he was asked. I mean, this is a guy who didn't play Division One football in college. He was asked, "When did you know you could go to the NFL?" And he said, "When I got to college." And when he went to college, I believe he went to Robert Morris. He was on a basketball scholarship. So the guy is very confident. And, um, again, I think that he's one that I'm higher on, probably more than most, because of, um, you know, I just know his backstory and getting to know him as a person. And then also because of the reps he's getting because Juju Brinch is still out. James, I appreciate you making time for me once again. I hope you have a great rest of your night and enjoy Game of Thrones. All right, man, I'll let you know how my elephant ears go. (laughs) (laughs) That's James Boyd. You can follow his work on The Athletic and on Twitter, slash X, at Romeo Vilkit. Coming up next, Howard Kelman. Let's find out how the Indians did tonight at Victory Field on IST. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
All right. A lot of games are entering the ninth inning. Next 15 minutes, I should have a lot of final scores for you. But until then, let's recap the games I didn't get to in my last update. As I ended with, it's the top of the ninth with the Tampa Bay Rays and the Houston Astros. The Rays are now leading 4-3. to three. Chicago Cubs have held on to their one-run lead against the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. They're up 3-2 to two in the top of the ninth. The Oakland Athletics are up 7-1 over the Colorado Rockies, top of the seventh in their game. In the middle of the fourth, the Seattle Mariners are still holding on to a 4-0 lead over the Arizona Diamondbacks. The San Diego Padres have entered the bottom of the third ahead of the Texas Rangers, 1-0. The Cincinnati Reds are up 3-1 over the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers responded to the Reds' three-run first inning with one of their own as J.D. Martinez, the designated hitter, had an RBI double to put them on the board. Bottom of the second there. Once again, Reds still up 3-2-1. The Red Sox, Boston Red Sox and San Francisco Giants have gotten underway. It's the top of the second. Sorry, it's actually the end of the second inning. The Red Sox are leading 1-2-0 currently. Also, a little bit of golf news for you. The TPC Twin Cities in Blaine, Minnesota. The 3M Open is going on in the PGA Tour right now. Lee Hodges currently leads everybody with minus 15 after two rounds. Tyler Duncan in second, minus 11 after two rounds. David Lipsky had a big night tonight. He shot minus seven, bumped up 39 spots, tied for seventh currently. More in 15 minutes, we'll talk Colts for Network Indiana Sports. I'm Sam Fritz. Thank you, Sam. Another nice job on a scoreboard update. He'll be back in 15 minutes with that long top of the hour update. James Boyd just joined us. Casey Vallier earlier along with Paul Condry. All those interviews will be on the podcast shortly after the show, wherever you get your podcast. And our next guest, you can hear him on these airways pretty much every Friday and Saturday night during the summer. He is Howard Kelman, the voice of the Indianapolis Indians. Howard, how are we doing this evening? Well, Eddie, I'm doing fine, although I hope you're doing well, but a tough loss for the Indians. They had a 3-2 lead in the eighth inning, two men out, and Louisville tied the game. And then in the tenth, Louisville got two runs. Louisville wins the game 5-3. to three. When you look at the series so far, it's been a pretty even series, two games apiece. Uh, Indians took the first two games and the Bats took in the last two this series right now seems like it's a, a battle between two teams that are pretty evenly matched. I would think so. I think you're right. Uh, the Indians winning the second game Wednesday afternoon dramatically. They were trailing 5-1 to one in the eighth inning, got four in the eighth, and got a Josh Palacios home run in the ninth to win. Looked as if they might fight back last night. They were down 9-5, to five, got a run in, had two men on in the ninth, down 9-6, to six, potential tying run at the plate, but an inning, a game-ending double play. Tonight, Noelve Marte, who is a fine young prospect for Louisville and the Reds, hit a two-run homer in the fourth. Aaron Shackelford tied it with a two-run homer in the fifth. And the Indians went ahead on a Ryan Vallade RBI triple, and they were ahead six to five, uh, three, to two, uh, three to two, but Vallade got picked off third base. And that really hurt because that was your insurance run. Mm-hmm. And then, as I said, Louisville tied it in the eighth and won it in the tenth. Tonight's game, Mark, game number 99. Uh, tomorrow will be game 100. You can watch it at 7.05 at Victory Field. It is Jurassic Ball Park weekend. Uh, Howard, with it being the century mark tomorrow afternoon, who's been the best prospect that you've seen this season so far? I, I'd say it's uh, as far as the Indians are concerned, it's Jared Jones, who pitched tonight. 
He started the night. He went six innings, allowed two runs. He has four quality pitches, Eddie, and his fastball sits 97 to 99 miles an hour. Also a curved slider and changeup that are good. And he's only 21 years old. Wow. So he's really special. We've had a, <coughs> excuse me, other good prospects here like Andy Rodriguez, who's now in the big leagues, Quinn Priester, pitcher in the big leagues, Jared Triolo, Nick Gonzalez. So many guys have gotten called up by Pittsburgh. Now, from the opposing teams, the guy who stands out the most is Mason Wynn, right-hand hitting shortstop, second baseman, Memphis Redbirds, St. Louis's AAA team. This kid is a terrific young player. Just like uh, Jones, he is also 21 years old. Uh, Jared Jones, though, he looks like he's been one of those high risers. Like Much like the Reds, a lot of their pitching staff right now is a bunch of guys that are very young, and Jared Jones seems to profile that as well right now for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I think he started the season down in A, didn't he not? Yes, exactly. He's made about six starts here now, and the Reds have some good young pitching still here in Louisville. So, uh, you know, they've sent a lot of guys to the big leagues, too, and uh, congrats to the Reds on how well they're playing. He's Howard Kelman. He is the longtime voice of the Indianapolis Indians, synonymous with that franchise. Like I said, Indianapolis Indians back in action tomorrow, 7.05 at Victory Field, Jurassic Ballpark weekend. Howard, I appreciate you taking some time once again. Call me tonight, and have a good broadcast tomorrow, and we'll uh, look forward to your conversation with Derek Schultz tomorrow night. Okay, as always, Eddie, thank you very much. A very synonymous voice with the Indianapolis Indians. That's Howard Kelman. You can catch the podcast later with Howard. That'll feature James Boy, Casey Vallier, and Paul Condry of conversations that we've had thus far. Still to come, a conversation with Charlie Clifford, formerly with Wish TV 8 here locally in Indianapolis. Now he's out in Cincinnati covering the Bengals, the Reds. FC Cincinnati with WLWT. So we'll get the lowdown on what's going on with Joe Burrow. But first, a scoreboard update at the top of the hour. But first, before that, we got to close out the 10 o'clock hour on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Going around the horn real quick. I'm Eddie Garrison. You can follow me on Twitter at Eddie Garrison underscore or the X, or whatever it is we're calling it X. Uh, our producer tonight, Nathaniel Finch, is on Twitter, at TV, And I believe our update man, uh, Sam Fritz, he is Twitterless. I believe that is the correct phrasing. Or, well, Xless? Twitterless? I don't know. How, how would that roll? I, I don't know. It's just mind-numbing, in my opinion. But we round out this hour where we continue talking about the Indianapolis Colts training camp going on. Right now at Grand Park, day two today, day three tomorrow. If you had to look at the Jonathan Taylor situation, you look at the piece that Stephen Holder of ESPN wrote last night talking about with Jim Ursay and Ursay revealed to Stephen that the Colts have yet to extend an offer out to Jonathan Taylor. I think it's disrespectful to the point of which that James Boyd was talking about with us earlier. I can't believe that that really hasn't happened yet, considering where we're at uh, in, in the season. But there is still time for those two sides to come together, because like I opened the show, the one way to repair this relationship, dollar signs. 
Benjamins. Many, many Benjamins. Because you look at Saquon Barkley, he was very unhappy with the offers he was getting, uh, and then he pinches himself, puts himself in a corner. He's able to get a little bit out of it. He gets 909K um, in bonuses that he can earn up to $11 million, and I don't think Jonathan Taylor wants to worry about that situation next season and dealing with the franchise tag. So if you're Jonathan Taylor, totally get why you are trying to get your money right now. But the bigger question that I have to start asking and wondering, will Jonathan Taylor play it all this season for the Indianapolis Colts? Would they, if things are really going this far south and he is, I don't know, not hurt and he's actually on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list, because of a contractual situation, I would have to think that the Colts would weigh all their options because Chris Ballard did not seem too fond or in favor of or pro of giving Jonathan Taylor an extension. He did say on Tuesday afternoon uh, that he would be perfectly fine with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts entering this se- uh, this uh, up- upcoming season without a contract extension. He said something they wouldn't worry about, something that they would be okay with, which to me makes it seem very, very unlikely. And as the days go by, even increasingly high likely that Taylor and the Colts will not agree to a contract extension before week one. And if that's the case, does Taylor ask to be let go or traded? And if you think about it, what teams would be interested? Miami Marlins? Or not Marlins, Miami Dolphins. They need a running back. They've been asking for every single running back there's been available on the open market. They asked for Saquon, reportedly. Dalvin Cook? He could be going to the Jets. So that's something to monitor over the next couple of days slash weeks. We'll round out the final hour coming up next on Indiana Sports Talk.